We thank our Jesus, our worship you this evening. We say thank you. Blessed be your name, Lord Jesus. Our God and our Savior, we say thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah. Let's pray this morning, this evening. Let's pray that um the Lord begin to teach us um how to give ourselves to sanctification. You know, we've been talking about sanctification as leading. You know, um, many times that area of leading can be very can be very vague, so much that um you have heard about it, but you don't know how to align with it. But it takes a revealing, it takes an understanding to align with the with the work of sanctification. Let's just begin to pray um, that the Lord will begin to touch us uh, this evening, that it will begin to teach us how to align with the with the spirit of sanctification. Spirit of sanctification is the Holy Ghost, which is the spirit of holiness. And it, you have to be yielding to his teaching. Is a teaching. He has to teach us for us to align with spirit of holiness. Let's begin to pray that God begin to teach us how to align with him in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father, King of Glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. You're all welcome again. Ah, yes. Where's my co-preacher? I'm here, sir. Unmute yourself in Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs> amen. Uh, uh, amen. Amen. Uh, I need some people to to just give me a short recap here and there. Uh, and you know how I do it now. Instead of waiting for you. Or maybe somebody wants to raise up their hand today, but I'm still going to call some people. Because I already have like two people in mind that I want to call. Praise God. And I'm looking at their name right now. But who wants to give me a recap quickly before I choose people? Ah, my co-preacher. Cool yeah, preach on, sister. Good evening, sir. Good evening, everyone. Good evening. Um, I, I can just say one or two things um, that really stood out to me. Um, so we've been talking about sanctification. And um, you did mention that um, I guess when, no, I guess when we um, accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, yeah. and we believe in his, that he died for us, mm. um, what happens is that our spirit is what gets quickened. Mm. And it happens almost like instantaneously. Mm. But our soul is what goes through formation. Yes. So um, it's not that at that moment we are totally saved because the Lord is trying to save our spirit, soul, and our body. And you did say that um, in that process of formation, that's where we get the leading of the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, there was one thing that you said that really stood out to me. You said, um, for every moment, there's a way. Mm -hmm. uh, so, for instance, let's say, because Jesus knows how the coding of a particular nature or something was worked in a person, so he knows the exact way to lead the person out of that thing. And, and two people with the exact same problem could actually be led in two different ways because um, of how, I guess, that formation was done in the soul. And that's why um, leading of the spirit is very important because it's not, I guess, one route fits all. Yeah. Um, so that was something that really stood out to me. And... Um, yeah, I, I think I'll just I'll just stop there. I guess the um, formation of the soul and how 
leading of the spirit is really important to constantly go through that sanctification process. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you very much, my sister. Thank you. Um, I, I also want to talk today. I have not heard his voice in a long time, and I miss him. Uncle John. Uncle John, I want to hear your voice. I don't know if you are busy. Good evening, sir. Hello, sir. I've, I've missed you, sir. I've missed you, too. <laughs> Can you give us a little recap, sir? A recap? Yeah. Okay. Yes, sir. Um... I guess Betty has probably said everything, uh, but <laughs> um, sanctification. Yeah, so basically I would say maybe what stood out for me, right, um, was, you know, how you were trying to differentiate between the Bible's teachings on sanctifications and the beliefs that people have about sanctification and um, the beliefs that people have about sanctification, how a lot of things are done in the flesh. Mm -hmm. so I could use um, maybe Galatians 6 to say, um, I think that's 14, 15, 16, where he was trying to talk about circumcision, right? Where the the Jews were trying to get the Galatians to be circumcised outwardly. Yes, sir. And um, he was trying to make them understand that it's actually sanctification of the heart itself and that he will only glory in the cross and not in flesh. Mm -hmm. So for me, that distinction of um, making one understand the very essence of sanctification that, mm. of course, sanctification comes with rules. Nobody's denying that. Even Paul mentioned that in Galatians 6, I think maybe verse 18 of that same. Mm. Thank you very much. And as many as walk according to this rule. So sanctification comes with rules, but there are mm. no rules that are manufactured by man. Mm. There are no mm. rules that man has cooked up or envisaged that this is how God wants to be pleased or this is how holiness, or this is the definition of holiness in God's perspective. So um, I like the fact that you were trying to establish um, the base and the foundation that sanctification actually comes through re revelation mm -hmm. because God's holiness has to be revealed to you. So there's no righteousness that is not revealed. It has to be revealed. And at that point in time when it's revealed, the spirit of sanctification, like you earlier said before we started praying, uh, which is the Holy Ghost, will lead you in that righteousness, from righteousness to righteousness to righteousness, right? Righteousness, peace, and joy. But he will lead you through it all um, because he is the spirit of truth. He understands what you need to do. And like um, Betty said about how we are wired, so everything is naked before God. So mm -hmm. There's nothing that is hidden. He can see it all, so he understands. In fact, he created the person who did the work in us. So he can see every single thing. He can see how twisted and um, 
the braids, let me use that, the braids that devil has created as natures inside us. So he knows how to unwind them. Yes, and if we try to do it in the flesh, it becomes burdensome. Yes, and that's why you, you find that a lot of Christians or even people who try to practice righteousness outside the leading of the Spirit, you get tired after a while. And it, it no longer makes sense. It becomes um, just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees during Jesus' time. They had placed so much burden on the people that it, people were not practicing Judaism at that time out of love of God, but just because they were trying to obey certain rules. So mm -hmm. back to where I started from, which was Galatians 6, which was what Paul was talking about, is um, that distinction, just like you, you, you made us understand the distinction between the trying to generate your own righteousness Mm -hmm. or align the spirit to lead you within the boundaries of what the Holy Ghost defines as holiness. And so he can determine at different times in his own wisdom what you need to do at every point in time, what you need to drop. As I said, there are rules that mm -hmm. you can't run away from rules. If anybody does not want rules, you will never change. You can't mm -hmm. be satisfied without rules. So mm -hmm. there are rules, but... He knows what to do at different times to make sure that you are hmm. you are being cleansed from the various twisted uh, natures that the devil has put in uh, in that person at that time. Mm -hmm. So it's um, just like you said before we started praying. It's a spirit led life that leads to sanctification, awesome. and sanctification is progressive. Hmm. Light to light, um, continues to shine brighter and brighter. Mm. Okay, mine I'm talking too much. Okay, so that's basically it. Thank you, sir. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, <laughs> you see, um, Uncle John does not like me calling me pastor, but I enjoy calling me pastor John. See the way he even broke it down. Praise God. Praise Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Does one more person want to talk before we move on? Um, just one more person, just before we move on. If you can raise up your hand. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Hello, sir. Hello. Yes, sir. Thank you. Just something very little. I know you spoke about last mm. week that for me, it was really a blessing. I know you talked about, it was almost like you're talking about how you should depend on God for your sanctification. You need to, to depend totally. It's not by your own strength. It's not some, um, there's something called grace. And I, that was how you started. I think that was also how you ended with meekness, you know, saying that meekness is not how, what you say or what you do. It's actually realizing that you need help and mm -hmm. coming to that place of help. Yeah. And then you also said something very profound. Um, you talked about joy, um, how, um, we can't run away from suffering, right? Uh, yeah, and but the suffering that they will give us, that's the suffering that will be revealed to us, will also come with joy. That you'll be doing it, you'll be joyful because it's it's for your own sanctification. And yeah. so, like, if there's any kind of suffering that you know you've created for your own self, and those ones will not, <laughs> it doesn't actually have the joy that's you know that it was designed for. 
like Hebrews would tell us, who, you know, um, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, right? Um, because of the joy set before him, he endured. So that's way um, there's a kind of joy that we should also have while we are going through our sanctification. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate all these feedbacks. Thank you so much. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we thank you. I commit myself to you this evening. Father, Lord, let every spirit in me be louder than my flesh in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I glorify Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise God. Uh, like I said, like we've been saying, um, the journey of sanctification is a journey of leading of the Spirit. Mm. So if a man is not being led, he's not being sanctified. Mm. Uh, one thing about leading is, um, leading, yeah. one thing I want to quickly talk about is leading is more than God just telling you, oh, this is what to do. You know, we've limited leading to, God told me to apply for this job. And I applied, I've done the will of God. God told me to marry this guy, I married him, I've done the will of God. God told me to, you know, um, that, that thing is actually a very, um, it's a, a, a level of babyhood that those things are, are louder. Mm-hmm. When we're baby Christians, you many baby Christians are more conversant about, I heard God, I heard God, I heard God. And when it comes to that hearing, um, and you can hear God, but um, it, it might not be in alignment into sanctification. You know, one thing about babyhood is that babyhood is more like God trying to attract us to the to the season of sanctification. Mm. You you can't just you can't instruct the baby, but mm. you can entice a baby to come and learn. I remember um, when my son started um, school, uh, daycare. Um, he didn't really like it, but anytime I promise him a treat, he'll be excited to go to daycare. But the day I don't promise him a treat, it's just sad, and it's going to daycare will be a fight. Do you get what I'm saying? So that's that's a baby. But even though the place is good for him, they will teach him many things that he needs to learn for life. But he does not want it. So babyhood is more like enticing things. So that loud voice of the Holy Ghost, where by the time you hear him, sometimes we will start crying. Do you get what I'm saying? Is God trying to bring you a spectacular experience yeah. so that you can actually you can you can you can have something to hold on to. Yeah. To agree with God. Well, God does not continue like that. God does not continue like that. God wants to come to a point where he's more than just hearing God for result's sake. Mm. Yeah. He's more than just hearing God for result's sake. Because you can hear God get the result, but really, really much has not happened. Leading of the Spirit is teaching unto perfection. Mm. I'll say that again. Teaching. So when the Lord starts teaching you his life, and start instructing you on the direction to go for you to um, embody his life. Let me, if I say, when I say his life, I'm talking about his ways and his character. Yes, sir. 
Hey, that's actually when sanctification is really, really happening. Hmm. So leading of the Spirit is first teaching by the Spirit. When the Holy Spirit begins to teach you their mannerism, sanctification hmm. is happening. So yeah. you see that when they are teaching us, they are teaching us a lifestyle or a manner of life or a way of life that is that contradicts what we have learned in the past. Yes, sir. That's why you will see that sanctification comes first by elevation of our thoughts. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Sanctification is first elevation of our thoughts. Because when they want when Satan wanted to put ungodly ways inside man, he introduced man to ungodly thoughts. And man yielded to those ungodly thoughts and became ways in a man. When you say way, something that you are naturally inclined to is your way. Yes, sir. And before we knew it, those ways started churning out thoughts by themselves too. So you notice that the way we think has a lot to do with the way that has been formed inside us. But those ways were formed by thoughts. Mm. Now, when they want to disengage us from that way, they have to start introducing thoughts to us. Well, when introduction of that thought is teaching us the thoughts of God. Yes. Uh, let's quickly go to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. They will now start teaching us. You see, no man, anybody that wants to change should not forsake teaching. Mm. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18, sorry, quickly. No, any man that really, really wants to change, any man that really wants to change must first be ready to sit down and learn. And sometimes you can be learning, you can be learning for a long time and they, they are not instructing you. They are yeah. not even, yeah, you can be learning and they are telling you the only your journey, in fact, that you're sitting down to learn is another satisfaction because we have not been designed to sit down and learn God. It's true. Yeah, we are we are restless. Mm. When it comes to time of sitting, we can do many activities in church, but to sit down and learn God, hmm. we are not God. Hmm. So you have to sit down and tell yourself, I will sit down and learn. When you start, many of us, when we start getting, even till now, some of us, when we are reading the Bible, by the time you read for like one hour, you just feel like, wow, you spent a long time reading your Bible. Why does it feel that way? You know, sometimes you cannot read your Bible for more than one hour, but you can watch a movie. Yeah. One show. You can watch one show from you can even start by you can start by 8 a.m. Anybody that watches show by 8 a.m. We have to talk. We have to have a conversation. 8 a.m. You woke up and the first thing you want to do, you want to watch show. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. There are some, some things that we need to start working on in our life. They are there are more important things is like in life. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes, sir. And you know, some people maybe it doesn't happen once in a while, but some people that's that's the first inclination in the morning. Mm. Maybe you know, there are some shows that they upload it in the midnight. Yeah. And you wake up in the morning, Kai, they've uploaded a new one. <laughs> so sad. And you pa, you will play it. And so people now say that you know that I just, I just like I just like praying in tongues on the go. And I just like praying praying in tongues on the go. You know, I'm watching plate and playing and praying in tongues and watching movie and praying in tongues. I'm not saying that is wrong. I'm not saying that is wrong. But um, you know what I'm saying. I will not talk more than that. 
Holy Ghost that is making me talk is convicting your heart. Mm. Praise Jesus. Mm. Praise God. So, you see, many we have been designed that we can do many other things for hours, but sitting down to learn God. Sitting mm. down to stay with scripture. Sitting down to just pray. Pray. Let me just pray for like 45 minutes straight. Our mind will be die, will be running out of scatter. Mm. So you see that even that graveness, the ability for the mind to stay in one place when it mm. comes to things of the spirit is a form of sanctification too. Yes. But those are one of the first sanctifications they want to give the mind, heart and the mind. Mm -hmm. They want the mind to be stable in a place of learning. Any mind that is not stable in the place of learning cannot even join in the first place because you have to stay in the place where knowledge is being given to the heart. Because it's only knowledge. What is knowledge? This Knowledge is the standard and the status of God being painted before your eyes. Hmm. So every man must be given a standard. A standard must be laid before your eyes, which is the knowledge of God. Then from that standard, you do now start. You now start looking at the standard and start desiring that standard. You see, this is this is one of the ways God 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 entices us towards sanctification. When knowledge is being painted, that's why it is. That's why we should fall in love. We should. It's okay to love revelation. It is. It is. It's a beautiful heart that loves spirit of revelation where you just enjoy revelation yes sir you love it where they are sharing rev where people are sharing rev correct rev praise god not just things that are just sounding very esoteric mm -hmm. no there are some people when they finish sharing rev, i just sit down and say ah what have i learned from this revelation now god have mercy you can say not somebody that does not that just that is just sharing revelation just to share I'm talking about revelation that paints us in your eyes. Praise God. Amen. Jesus standard. Revelation that is talking about Jesus, painting Jesus from different angles in your eyes. That's that's what revelation is. That's actually what they want to reveal to us. You know, I've seen some messages where they will start, if I want to share revelation, it's, it's talking about the the stars and everything, and uh, the nebulas, the banisters of heaven and everything. Uh, and at the end of everything, Jesus has not been painted. That's not what God wants to reveal to us. If God brings it out to us, he thank God for it. But the real thing God wants to reveal to us is himself. That's the real revelation that has been designed for man. Praise Jesus. Now, why am I saying this? I'm saying all these things because I want us to get to that point where we there's, there's this we hunger for knowledge. Mm. We desire knowledge. Now, Isaiah chapter 1 verse 18 said, Come now, let us reason together. Do you see? Mm. Come now, let us what? Reason together. So in other words, you and God should be sharing thoughts. Mm. Yes. I'm saying that we and God sharing thoughts. Yes. He wants to share thoughts with us. He said, let us reason together. Mm. You Apart from speaking in tongues, sometimes you just sit down and start sharing, God, this is where I'm thinking. Mm. I know it is not okay, but how can you talk me out of this? Yes, sir. Uh... People will come to you and start talking to you. Two of you are reasoning together. You can even ask questions, but ah, this one, this one, this one. Then he will bring his own thoughts to you. If you check the scripture, this, 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 this is what we said. You see, you and God are reasoning. You are reasoning together. Those are the ways. You see, that's what, you, in the place of meditation, that's what happens. 
is Christian should be able to meditate on the word and stay on the word till the the the, the, the till he reaches a gotcha of that gotcha of that scripture where the scripture just opens up to him in that season. He can just start meditating on scripture and start meditating till something opens up about that scripture and the Lord starts starts start opening up that scripture to the person. Do you get what I'm saying? So you see, a man can, God wants to reason with us. God wants to talk to us. He wants to share thoughts with us. Praise God. God wants to share thoughts with us. And in sharing thoughts with us, in sharing thoughts with us is the way he, he raises our thoughts up. Because in sharing his thoughts with us, is his own standard is being presented to us. So when a man is seeing that standard and the man admires that standard, he will begin to ask God. It's hard to start calling for the ways to, to attain that standard. Yes, thank you very much, Isaiah 55. Thank you very much. Now let's go back to Isaiah chapter 1, chapter 1 again. Thank you so much. He said, let us reason together. Say at the Lord. Though, you see, in our column, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. So you see that though they be as red like crimson, they shall be as wool. In the place of reasoning with God is where God raises our thoughts beyond the normal, the norm of this world. Mm. So when God is bringing his thoughts to a man, He's raising that man. He's making, giving that man the way. He's painting a way of ascension out of earthly reasoning. Mm. Uh, earthly reasoning. There's, there, there's a way the, the earthly, an earthly man reasons. There's a way an earthly man reasons. So when you, so um, Adam was of the earth, earthy, but Jesus Christ is the Lord of heaven. So when Jesus is sharing his his thoughts with us, they are making the heart heavenly. They are bringing the, they are drawing the heart out of this earth. Hmm. Praise Jesus. There's this scripture in John. He said, um, I just want to look at this scripture in John where he says, um, every man shall hear the voice of the Lord and come out of the grave. Where's that scripture again? Um, let the, every man will hear the voice of the Lord and of the Son and shall come out of the grave. He's in John. He's in John. Hold on quickly. Let me look for that scripture. John chapter 5. Chapter 5, verse. Start from 27, please. John chapter 5, verse 27. John 5, 27. Yeah. And has given him authority to execute judgment also. Praise God. Yeah, thank you very much. As he's let's, do, let's do 26. Let's do 26, please. Okay, sir. John 5, 26. For as the Father hath life in himself, hmm? so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself. Praise God. As the Father has, the Father has life in himself. The same way. The way life is patterned, arranged inside God, they've arranged that life inside Jesus too. The way they, they stack up life, the way life is stacked up inside God, he has stacked up life inside his son also. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Now, verse 27. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the son of man. Okay, let's stay here. He has given him authority to execute judgment also. Now, this judgment here is more than just um, telling, saying we will go to hell and we will go to heaven. That's part of it. That's part of it. I don't want to take that one out. Jesus Christ has capacity to, to, to tell who will go to hell and who will go to heaven. Mm. He has he can weigh his soul and know that this soul is bad. Mm. He's not worthy of, of heaven. Praise God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That judgment has been given to him too. But another thing is um judgment is he has given him authority to weigh man and present thoughts that is needed in that man. Do you get what I'm saying? That judgment, he, he, can, he can see the soul of a man and see that there's a thought that is to, to come out of this ungodly nature, the thoughts that, that needs to be presented to him. Jesus has, cap, has capacity to extract a man and know what to, the thoughts to bring in, to him in every season for him to walk out of an ungodly nature. Let's look at verse 8 and to confirm what I just said. Verse 28, to confirm what I just said now. 28. Yeah. Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming mm -hmm. in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. Mm -hmm. Continue. And verse shall 20. come forth mm -hmm. they that have done good mm -hmm. unto the resurrection of life, mm -hmm. and they that have done evil unto the resur resurrection of damnation. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? So you see, they shall come out of the grave. And those that have, they have done good. And on, let's read verse 29, verse 30 quickly. I can of mine own self do nothing. Okay. As I hear, I judge. Okay. And my judgment is just. Mm -hmm. Because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent okay. me. Praise Jesus. You see? So he's talking about men that will come out of the grave. Yes. Praise God. You now said that as I, I, I can my, myself do nothing. As I hear, I mm. job. I'm saying, aha. So you see the standard that Jesus Christ raised that as God is revealing judgment to him, into, he uses that judgment that God reveals to him to extra things. Mm. And he said, because I don't seek my own. One of the things that sanctification will do to us is that it will take, it will, it will kill self inside us. In fact, one of the things they want to kill, in fact, one of the major things they kill is self. Yes. Yeah. Because if you see every sin serves self. Yes. Every single sin serves self. So any man that wants to be sanctified must be able to must be ready to disengage from from self. But the will of my father, which has sent me, praise God. Yeah. So you now see that um sanctification has a lot to do with. Re, uh, upgrading a man's judgment. Yes. Because it's when they upgrade our judgment that we'll be able to extract ourselves and mm -hmm. see the ungodliness in us. If um the if light has not been given to a man, he cannot extract. Let me just give you an example. You put up the house in your light in your house, and you put up the lights in your house. Your house is dirty. Maybe somebody has scattered your house, you left the house clean. Then somebody has scattered the house. You enter into the house, the, the light is off. You will never know that the house is dead. Mm -hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? But once you put on the light, 
Once you put on the light, you just, you just feel sad. You scatter my house like this. Why? Because one thing about light is light exposes things. Yes, sir. Light will expose things. So you see, when they bring light to us, it, shine, it said light shineth in darkness, and darkness cannot comprehend it. Do you get what I'm So when light comes, light is what you now use to, to see. Kai, this place... Is 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 um is that light that will expose darkness? Things you've not been seeing before, you just begin to see. Kai. Why? That, that's what light does. Yes, sir. Things that in your life that were that you were we were we were doing and we never saw a sin. The middle light comes, you start seeing it as sin. Yeah. So our level of sanctification has a lot to do with our level of light. Let's go to first John. Chapter one. If we walk in light, as Jesus as he is in the light, let's quickly go there. First John chapter one. Uh -huh. Let's go to verse six quickly. Thank you First, so much. Yes, verse six. Yeah. If we say that we have fellowship with Him uh -huh. and walk in darkness, we lie. And, and the truth is not in us, right? Thank you very much. Now, if we say we have fellowship with Him. Hmm? Yes, you say we have fellowship with him and we still walk in darkness we lie because fellowship with him is supposed to expose darkness mm -hmm. fellowship with him is supposed to expose darkness and when you when you when you see when you when darkness is exposed you walk away from it yes but if you now are still walking in darkness it means that you have not we have not fellowship yes the proof of fellowship is that we are walking away from darkness. Now, let's go to verse 7. Verse 7. Verse 7. For if we walk in the light, as he's mm -hmm. in the light, we have now fellowship. Let's stay here. Let's, let's just, thank you very much. Just stay here. But that means if we walk in the light, that means what fellowship does is that he brings light. Mm -hmm. Because he is in the light. Do you get what I'm saying? He's Sorry. not just in the light, he's also light. You know, the Bible says this is the message we brought to you that God is light. Do you get what I'm saying? God is light and also is in the light. Why did I say that? The Bible says that um, immortal, um, he, that dwelleth in light, in unapproachable light. Do you get what I'm saying? So he's light, he also dwells in light. You know, so we have fellowship with one another. So if you are walking with God and it's bringing light, you're having fellowship with God. You and God are having fellowship. Mm. You, get what I'm saying? you and God are having fellowship. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood, you see, and the blood of Jesus Christ is son, cleanses us from all sins. So one thing that fellowship and light will do is that it will expose sin and wash sin. Yeah. Light, but one thing about, he said, but one thing that is specific is that you must walk in that light. Light can come if we don't walk in it. Washing cannot happen. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Because many, because I was emphasizing on knowledge that we must desire knowledge, but we must walk in that knowledge for sanctification to happen. So why am I saying this? I, I started with the foundation of leading is forced teaching. Yes. Anyone that does not want to be taught, because every teaching is light, is the heart being exposed to light. 
Anyone that cannot that cannot sit down to be taught cannot be led. Hmm. It's not possible. I want us to put this in our mind so that we we understand the gravity of sitting down to learn. In fact, one thing about leading I've noticed is that there are always seasons in our life where there might not even be spectacular instructions. It's just you just be learning and learning and learning. There are always seasons in our life that there's not much leading like that. You just notice that uh they're just they're just paying attention to learning. A time will come, instructions will just start piling up behind it. Pa, 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 pa. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's because now they've they've they've, they've kicked up knowledge to a point where now they are putting the knowledge to use in you. And that's actually what we call the season of suffering. Praise God. Yeah. You know, Pastor Jeff talked about suffering recently. And he was teaching that suffering is the way that suffering is something a man should be joyful about. Suffering mm-hmm. is that when they, when they bring a man to a place and they want to suffocate suffocate flesh in him, they, begin, they bring him into that process of suffering. Suffering is what God uses to disengage us from flesh. Yes. It, to God, it is not suffering. It is we that is suffering to. Let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. You are in class. You are in school, your normal school. Do you know that your normal school is suffering? Either you like it or not. Let me ask you a question. If they are going to leave it to you, will you wake up at 1 a.m. to study? Nope. Aha. <laughs> you wake up at 7 a.m. for a class. Sometimes... Well, there was recent, one time I had a class by 7 a.m. I was just wondering, what kind of life is this? And that class lasted for eight hours. Hey. So I started that class at 7. I ended the class at 3. From class to workshop, from workshop back to class. Do you get what I'm saying? That's, that's, a, that's actually, now, so you, that is actually suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so suffering is not when this you know people have attached suffering to poverty, all these things, everything bad they attach suffering to. Now let me give you another thing that I want to say is that um even what those things that we call bad, sometimes is we that defining as bad. Mm-hmm. Let me give you an example. Uh you don't have enough money to satisfy your loss. You see, mm-hmm. you're in a bad situation. But it's probably God that kept you there mm. to deal with an issue. Because God will meet your need. It's just your lost. He doesn't want to meet. And that's it. Do you get what I'm saying? So God will not put you in a place where he just restricts your finances to a point where only thing you can, he can meet is your is your need. Every other, every other thing, or your lost will be suffocated in that season. It's that time that you start seeing what you thought you need that you never really need. Mm. You've always thought you needed it, but at this point you don't need it. You don't really need it. And God, with and many times when God takes us through this process, please let us pass through it well, mm. so that we will not waste God's resources when He brings it to us. Some of us, God will take us through a season of maybe you don't really have a job, maybe a job that is just meeting your need. The day you now get a big job, that's when you start spending your money. You are not supposed to spend money it's because you don't. You do not really go to that school well. Yeah. You didn't really, we didn't really go to that school. That's why after going through that process of, of limited resources for a while, God now provide money. You now say, ah, finally, you stretch out your hand and go on Amazon. Praise God. And start buying everything you are not supposed to buy. 
That means that that season, you didn't complete that season. There's tendency that you might repeat that season. Hey, praise God. Because what was supposed to be learned has not been learned. So we have to be very, very careful that when God takes us through a season, let's see what he wants to, he wants to teach us in that season. Let's see what he wants to teach us in that season and make sure that we go through that teaching well. We learn what we are supposed to learn in that season. The reason why they are teaching us is for something, is to remove something. Don't let's be like the unfaithful merchants that he has counted his cost, but when it's time to pay, he quickly helps something back. Jesus. Uh, you know, some of us, we are like that. God will help us. You've counted the money. Maybe the person saw you counting the money. In by time, when it's not time to, you have one, you, when it's not time to give the money, we now have some funny skill of dropping some behind before we hand over the cost. Some of us, that's the way we behave in the spirit. God has counted the cost before, but when it's, when it's time to actually take this bold step, around the course, we leave some things behind. Mm. We, could, we reanalyze some things. Hey, if I give all this now, Kai, um, what's going to happen to me? So we quickly adjusted the demand. We quickly adjust the demand. One thing we have done, we have cheated ourselves. Because every single leading is is looking is as x-rayed. Every single leading is because a, 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 a weakness, an infirmity has been x-rayed. And they've prescribed a leading for the purification from that infirmity. So if it's just like you're taking medication, they say it's 1,200 milligram that will finish, that will take out the entire, um, is it 1,200 milligram that will take out the entire microorganism from your body? You now decide to take 600 milligram. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that those microorganisms will not fully die. Yes, and you know, in fact, in in uh, in uh, the medical world, once the, um, you take a medication and you don't take it well, eh, the ones that remain will now develop resistance. Then you will now need a higher dose or a, a a more potent medication to kill those organisms. Now, you know that's what some of us do. God will take us through a season of leading, and we will not if we don't obey that season properly and engage that season properly. The work will not be fully done. But you know, Satan has looked at us and Kai, this thing is some part of this thing is still left. Is still left. It will now go and strengthen the area that is left. It will now take another chunk of leading, another chunk of season to now deal with what was left behind. So let's be very careful that in the season when God is leading us, we make sure that we are, I understand that we have weakness and God knows that we have weakness, but to the best of our ability, can we can we be as detailed as possible with what God has revealed to us? Don't let, because we know, we know when the leading comes, we know where we are leaving some things behind. We know when we are excusing some things. Yes, sir. We know when we, we, um, we are adjusting things in our hearts. Mm. God can tell you that you have done something wrong. Go and confess everything you did to your pastor. You get your pastor, you tell 45% of the thing you did and leave the remaining 65%, 55% behind. Now, once you how you cheated yourself is that you only get counsel on 45% of the issue. 
Mm. But let God, God land under your pastor and start discerning more. Or else you'll be cheating yourself. So you will see that many of us, we, are don't, we don't end up going through this process of sanctification properly because we excuse many things. We excuse many things. We downplay many things. Sometimes, something that is so serious, we don't want to count it as being too serious. Praise Jesus. So we have to be very, very careful that in the season where God is taking us through season, we are very thorough. At times you start coming that you start, you can even be asking your brethren, hey, man, hope I'm, you can use your brethren to check yourself sometimes. You can use your pastor to check yourself. These are the things that God has put around us as, 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 um, as, 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 um, as, um, as balances around us. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Yeah. yeah. God will help us in Jesus' name. Yeah. What I was saying is leading is first teaching. And as they teach us, they are raising standards before our eyes. And as they are raising those standards, I will begin to desire that standard. Um, sometimes the way they, they lead us is just by sometimes they will just paint an imagination before our eyes. And when that imagination is painted, if I, you know this is God painting a scenario of the way I'm supposed to be behaving. Sometimes they will just, they will just paint an imagination of how you're supposed to submit to your pastor. How you're supposed to submit to one another. How you're supposed to act in a certain situation. The imagination will just cross your mind. And sometimes you see that imagination, you're wondering, like, I lie, lie, I'm not doing this. No, 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 no. When that imagination comes, and you know it's God painting that imagination in your eye, begin to agree with it. They are raising us. They are making us, they are, they, are, they are changing our configuration through those paintings before us. Praise Jesus. So leading is first teaching. And before we know it, after they teach us, they will start beginning, they will now begin to animate that teaching in front of us. They will start animating in front of us. You just see yourself doing something that you normally don't do. You are just it just in your thoughts. It just plays out in your thoughts. You just see yourself doing something you normally will not do. Sometimes, many times, can be God be painting that scenario before you as that. This is the next standard I require of you. You tweet. You tweet. You tweet. When you you tweet, it will be it will be it will it will be a suffering to the flesh, but it's a glorious entrance. Those are glorious entrances in the spirit. Some of them are very inconvenient. Yes. Suffering of the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory, yes, which shall be revealed in us. Praise God. Can somebody can you open um first Peter chapter 4 to from verse 1? Quickly. Another one. First Peter, yeah. Uh-huh, yes. First Peter. Four. Yeah, thank you. Chapter 1, verse 4. Thank you. Read. For as much then as Christ had suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that had suffered in the flesh had ceased from sin. Praise God. You see? So suffering is not is not um, suffered. It's not something harmful in that sense. It's harmful to flesh, but it's not harmful to you. 
That's why someone like Paul will say that um, this light affliction, and when he decides to, when he starts describing the light affliction, three days under the sea, the loss of goods, and you're wondering, ah, Paul, light affliction. Because uh, after those process, he has seen, he has seen the weight of glory that he attained through those process. Those things became light affliction before his eyes. I don't know if it was light affliction to him at the beginning, but by what he has attained, they became light afflictions to him. Because he has he rose above those things and saw that those things are not actually a big deal. One thing about Satan is that he knows how to paint something so big in our eyes. It makes it look so big. It can make it look so big. Sometimes apologizing to your brother can look so big, like, die! By the time I finish apologizing to this guy, something, something dangerous will have happened to me. And Satan will paint it so much that you will give, you will give yourself reasons not to go apologize. That's Satan. He will make God's instruction look so burdensome. He will begin to paint what you are going to give up. If you do this, you know what you're going to give up. You're going to give up this. By the time you finish painting what you will give up, you just you just give up on that instruction. Like, I'm not doing this. Because it just look the cost looks so high, but there's nothing too high for the cost of sanctification. There's nothing so higher than the 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 profit of sanctification. Is that he that has suffered in the flesh had ceased from sin. The end of suffering in the flesh is is sin is ceasing from sin. That's why we cannot compare one with ourselves with one another. You start seeing some scriptures. You know there are some scriptures that baffle us. It is, it is, um, it is, it is, it is too. Um, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom. Praise God. You see those things. You now see that okay, yes, restricting your finances is suffering. But that, what Jesus is saying is that, see, restricting your finances in that season is actually a kingdom curriculum. For, for is a curriculum are for, given to you to enter kingdom. Praise Jesus. Can I be very sincere with you? Yes, if you see a rich man in the kingdom, respect that man. There's something he fought to find entrance. He says it's difficult. So if a man is just looking for riches, looking for riches, looking for riches, the more, let me tell you something, I'll be very blunt, the more you accumulate it in that sense. He looked at the young, rich young ruler, he said, ah! He said, it's going to be hard for this man to enter kingdom. It's going to be difficult. And I'm saying, God will meet your need, but... If I even check the book of um, Timothy, he said, those that desire to be rich, those, I, I don't know why I'm touching this, but let me just touch it. He said, those that desire to be rich, eh? where's that scripture again? Those that desire to be rich have been, have been, have been deceived by the something of riches. Can you look for that scripture for me quickly? If Holy Ghost is staying here, let me just stay here for a while. Praise God. Uh, when he talks about, yes, charge them that are rich among you that they might trust in certain riches. No, no, those that desire to be rich. This is not it. Uh, yes, thank you. But they that will be rich fall into these temptations and a snare 
and into many foolish and awful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Please, you know what? Don't let us downplay all these things and say that's not really what it means. That's not really when all these things, when all this thing, when a man is pursuing riches and he's not really to follow the leading of the spirit, praise God. Willing to follow leading of the spirit for provision. Praise God. Lost is driving him. And the man has been men have been many of us have been configured in that way that we are just, we just, our body just. We just we just desire these things. I just want to God doesn't meet my need. I just want to and really, really, when we are talking about that need, it's not really a need. It's our lust that is being painted before us that we are calling need. Because check it, many of those things, the day we don't have it, we still nothing still happen to us. We're still living a good life. Mm. But those that desire to read, he said into temptations and snare, into many foolish and awful lusts, which drown men, instruction and partition. So you see, sanctification is only goes now begin to teach another, teach a man another another perspective to life, making man see life from another angle, and begin to lead that man in that way to undo things that Satan has done in the soul. Praise Jesus. Hope you have been blessed. Many people are quiet this evening. Hope it's not that I've hit the wrong place. So you're hitting the right here. Thank you, Jesus. God bless us, and God will reveal more of Himself to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Aha, uh-huh. let's let's go to to Emmanuel quickly. Wanting to walk in the law of Moses, as given to the Jews, and forsaking the epistles' life that is written in the chronicle in the church. One good way of telling a carnal believer that he cannot relate with the thoughts. One good way of telling a carnal believer is that he cannot relate with the thoughts and the ways of God that are in the epistles, which are written to the church, Romans to Revelation. Most of such believers go back to the law of Moses and the prophets to both churn out doctrines and patterns of life. Please understand that we are not saying that we are bad from the law of Moses and scripture of the prophets. No, rather we are to use both the law of Moses and scripture of the prophets now in the light of the epistles that are written to the church. This is because the foundation on doctrine to the body of our Lord Jesus Christ has already been laid in the epistles. Praise God. So you will see that one thing about the epistles is that epistles, epistles is the unveiling of the law and the prophets. So you will see Paul um, churning out revelation from the epistles, from the, from the prophets, churning out revelation, in fact, you will see scriptures like by his stripes we are healed. This, way, this came from the prophets. And the, you do not, uh, you do not, um, with scripture where he says, in, when Paul was talking about um, Corinthian church being given, when he was saying that you do not, um, what's the scripture again? You do not, when I was talking about, okay, I guess the scripture just left my mind now. You see, there are many, scriptures of the law that he that he, scriptures in the law that he, he used to explain the new testament by the time you get the book of hebrews a lot of the law was explained in the book of hebrews in the light of the new testament so you now realize the fact that even the law we don't have to use it is the epistles that will teach us how to use the law praise god 
is the is the spirit of God that will start teaching us how to use the law. So a man cannot just go and carry the law and start using it like that. The Bible says he's also is also in bondage. The Bible in the book of Galatians was now talking to them. He said, if you obey, if you give yourself to the law, you must obey every single law. I anytime if you break one law, you've broken all the laws. Hmm. So which one is better? To stand under grace and be taught. So you see in the epistles, the first thing, when times is what one of the first things they tell to them, well, the first thing they use to start the epistle is grace and peace be unto you. Grace and peace be unto you. Grace and peace. Why is it grace and peace? Um, the New Testament is not a journey of do's and don'ts, it's a journey of grace. Grace comes by knowledge, revelation of God's word. Uh, they begin, they begin to um praise Jesus. This is not actually the scripture I'm looking for. Sorry. This is not the scripture. I, I I've I've forgotten and um, this the scripture there. Don't worry, don't worry. Just can go back. Go back. Thank you so much. Mm, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Um uh, thank you, Lord. So you will see that um uh, where was I before? Thank you, Lord. So you see, the epistles is an unveiling of the law. They will use the epistles to explain the law to us. So a man cannot just the man cannot just carry the epistles. A man cannot just carry the the law and say he wants to obey by himself. The epistles begins to teach us how to actually carry out the law. How the law is what the law is really really talking about. So you see grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace, grace and peace in the epistles because now they are telling us that the law is not the main thing. It is grace that they want to teach us. They begin to you grace to us. Grace is a wisdom on how to live for God. Mm. Grace begins to teach us how to please God. He said, um, the grace that um, brings a man to salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness. So it's grace that now is not law. A man cannot just teach his law and be, he say he's denying ungodliness. Actually, he's just, what is going to end up is a form of godliness. But it will deny the power thereof. But when grace comes, grace will begin to teach that man how to engage the word mm -hmm. through the epistles. So you see, the book of Hebrews explaining the entire law to us through the eyes of Jesus. It's the law that the book of Hebrews was explaining, but it was explaining the law through the eyes of Jesus. So it's not that we are taking out the entire law, but now we are looking at the law through the epistles. From the eye of the epistle, from the eye of the New Testament, what the entire law was painting Jesus to us. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You. So we'll see many people churning out law from the New Testament, from the Old Testament, and saying that the Bible says you should not do this, you should not do this. Now, I'm not saying that you will not, like, let me give you an example now. Some people will just, maybe you see a guy with a certain type of hairstyle. Really, really, that hairstyle is not the problem. So I will not pay attention to that Esther. Let as I'm teaching him, Holy Ghost himself will come and tell him the Esther that he wants. Mm. And so I can preach to a guy, he can do one terrible Esther. I think I don't look funny to me. Weird. I don't need to pay attention to it. That's not my business. And that thing has happened many times. There was a guy like that in our church that used to have one Esther that was just funny to me. We don't even say anything to you. We just left him. We just yeah, live your life. What's going on? Just be hearing the word. 
The guy is always coming to church. He comes for fellowship. He comes for Bible study. He's always there. The time he just came, the guy just babbled everything. Nobody spoke to him. Hmm. Nobody said anything to him. In fact, when I now saw him that he has babbled there, I was like, ah, ah, when you babbled your hair. I, 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 was, I wanted to get where the thing came from. I said, ah, and you are looking nice in that scripture, in that town. You are looking nice in that Esther. He said, ah, yeah, it looks nice, but it's not the best. That's what he told me. Wow. Yeah. He said, yeah, it looks good, but it's not the best. That was what the guy told me. So you now see that by the time Holy Ghost hit the guy, the Esther, he himself, Holy Ghost himself spoke to him about the Esther. So I, I, that's not something any man should pick. I mean, even some of them will be hearing to church. It's not my business. I don't need to pay attention to that. Is the guy hearing what? Let him hear what? If Holy Ghost wants him to take out that hearing, he'll take it out by himself. Let him just be hearing the word. Praise Jesus. So, we set to that part now. Now, spirit-led life. Can we open to Romans chapter 8 from verse 13? Romans 8, 13. Quickly, don't read yet. I just want to I'll read this now. Many believers who profess and boast of being sanctified. Holy miss. Boast of being sanctified slash holy miss. Holy miss it in the area of being led by the Spirit mm. of God. A believer cannot be truly said to be holy if he is not being led by the Spirit of holiness. Jesus is the, Jesus is the definition of holiness. So if Holy Ghost is not picking things in Jesus and coming to reveal it to us, let's forget about our holiness. That holiness that we have is filthy rag. Right? Yeah. Because the standard of holiness must be painted to us who is a person. Holiness is a person. Is the state of a man that God raised and is a pattern son. So they have to be painting that son before us consistently for us to say that we are truly, truly going through the process of holiness. And the Bible says it's a rock of offense. So everything in him that he revealed to us eh, will always contradict the flesh. I know of us, but I've been, I've been offended by leading before. Please be, be sincere with yourself. That a leading comes and you, just, you are just angry. Yes, sir. One sister like that, one sister like that, she, the day... She has been sensing the idea that there was that brother, there's a brother in church. That brother is her husband. She has been sensing and she has been running away. If your brother is coming from one corner like that, she will take another side. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is a real life story. Because the brother does not look like what she's looking for one bit. Yeah. The day it was finally, the day the brother came to talk to her, she got angry. In fact, the brother saw the anger in her face. They are married now. They are doing fine. Don't worry. God helped her. She was able to listen to God. Like, it was so bad. She got offended by that lady. But thank God that she was healed. Now she's enjoying her marriage. She fact, there was a time that I was talking to the sister. She said, Kai, I was too carnal. That was one thing that the sister told me. I was too carnal. I never knew I was that carnal. That was what the sister told me that day. The reason is because there's something, there's a there's an image of the man she wants to marry in her head. And that man did not fit anything. So you you see that many times our our leading, uh, there's difference between, you know, Holy Ghost telling you what, what to do, what you like to do. Do you get what I'm saying? 
Some of us just like evangelism. It's not convenient, but there's a glory around evangelism. That anytime you go say, stand up, go to the mall and preach the gospel. Even though it's not convenient, you stand up, you go. Then you come back and you'll be tired. You walk inside the house. Then everybody will ask you, where are you coming from? Wow, I did evangelism today. The Holy Spirit just led me. And I just started talking to the brother and he just gave life to Christ. The Holy Ghost led me to this place. And just, do you get what I'm saying? That one is different. And that one can happen. Do you get what I'm saying? That one can happen. That's, that's, that's a different case entirely. But I'm talking about Holy Ghost descending on you and begin to question what you love. Sometimes it can just be, it can be your arrangement. Mm. Sometimes it can be your discipline. Mm. There's a way, there's a way you like to pray. Holy Ghost can touch that too. Because mm. That that arrangement of a prayer can be informed by pride. There's a way you like to talk. There's a way you want people to see you. There's a way you want to be arranged. Mm. Mm. Uh, there's a kind of friend you want to keep. That mm. when you hang out with those friends, you just people just be looking at you like this is cool. You hang out with the cool people. Hi. There's a kind of clique you want to keep. You may be in fellowship. There's a certain clique you just admire. And anytime you try to enter into that clique, somebody will just get you angry. You get angry and say, ah, what's all this? And you start getting offended. Do you get what I'm saying? There's a, there's a kind of clique you want to keep. There's a kind of roommate you want to have. There's a way you want your house to be arranged. Hey. They would see, let me tell you something. There's, when it comes to sanctification, there's nothing they will not touch. Hey, there's nothing they will not touch because we are a scattered puzzle. Can a scattered puzzle that looks intact. Hey, they will touch everything. Just be expecting that they will touch everything. So, so the earlier the better you start disengaging from some things. The, the earlier the better because. All those areas you you are hiding and say, God, don't touch this area. You just know that they will touch it. You see, that thing is not even it's not even reasonable. You know that they will touch it. There's no area they will not touch. Because if they want to form you to look like Jesus, anything that does not look like Jesus inside doors will be touched. If they want us to look like every area will be, they will not, they will not. Mercy is that they touch everything. Hmm. And they leave no, they leave no stone untouched, untouched, unturned. Every every part must be touched. So just know that many things that you are, we are holding on to. Let's just know that they are coming there very soon. If they don't come here, well, if they don't get there when we are thirty, just know that even when you are seventy, as long as you desire to look like Jesus, they will touch it. Even at the age of seventy, they still have many things to touch. They will still touch it. So the earlier, the better. Praise Jesus. No matter how pious and religious, you know, there are some things that, let me give you an example of some things that we still hold on to. Sometimes our prudence, the way we save money. There's a way you like to save money. You give your tithe, you give the offering, there's there's an arrangement of your savings. So you know, some people just, some people just have one bank account like that. That 
they just save money there. They don't that bank account does not have debit card. So anytime they they are asking for giving in church, that it's time to give in church. That bank account doesn't even cross their mind. Praise mm. God. Yeah. Yeah. That's that bank account is not for giving. Holy Ghost should not reach there at all. You should not even touch it. You should not touch that area. So anytime you want to give in church like this, you the, your first thought does not even. In fact, you don't even remember that bank account because as you are sending the money there, you are forgetting the money there. Even God cannot use the money. Hey. Praise Jesus. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Those areas they will touch everything. Don't think they will not touch it. They will touch it. Yeah, note the leading the head. No matter how pious and religious a believer claims to be, if he is not being led daily, he is not being sanctified, he's not being made holy. The leading we are speaking of here is not just that leading that we get from God on who to be who to be married to, where we live, where to work, it is that we receive from God when we go to make inquiry from him. The leading we are talking about here is leading unto perfection. I've mentioned this. It is the leading unto suffering. I've mentioned this. Wherein we are led against the life of death, which is resident in our spirit. Now, Romans chapter 8. Let's read from verse 13. Go, preacher. Yes, sir. Yes, start. Let's start. Romans 8 from verse 13. Smart. For if ye live after the flesh, ye mm -hmm. shall die. Uh -huh. If ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Praise God. Let's stay here. If you ye live, your living, our living is walking, right? Anytime a man is walking with God is living. In other words, there's a living that is after death, there's a living that is after life. There's a living, there's a living that gratifies flesh. There's a living that mortifies flesh. So if through the Spirit, leading this is leading of the Spirit, through the Spirit, the wisdom of the Spirit, the prescription of the Spirit, modify the deeds of the flesh. We don't know the prescription. It's Holy Ghost that knows the prescription. If through it you modify the deeds of the flesh, of the body, ye shall what? Leave. Verse 14. It's Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Mm -hmm. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Uh -huh. Ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Praise God. Hallelujah. So, as many as are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. So when you say a son, a son is not because you give you got born again. A son is a man that has been given to leading of the spirit. He's an expert of leading. That's a son. He's not those that are learning that are sons. A man that is learning to to learning the leading is not yet a son. Is but he's going to be a son. But a man that are led, as men that are led, that the life they resolved into is the life of leading. Those are sons. Mm. A man, people that have come into that resolve eh, of leading, those are sons. 
Do you get what I'm saying? He now says he has not called us onto bondage. So every leading should make a man walk out of bondage. Yes, sir. Every single leading should make a man walk out of bondage. So every leading should undo an infirmity that is holding us down and limiting our spirit walk. Praise God. So you see, that's leading. Yeah. He said, the leading we are talking about here is leading unto perfection. It is the leading unto suffering when we are led against the life of death that is resident in our soul. This is leading unto eternal life. Hallelujah. The spirit-led life is a holy life indeed. The degree of God's leading in our life through the Holy Ghost is the degree of our holiness. A very holy man is a well-led man. Mm. I'm reading manual now. Which aspect of believer needs to be sanctified? We've talked about this over time. The soul needs to be sanctified. The body needs to be sanctified. Now, it's just a process that, yeah, God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your, your soul, body, be served, blameless unto the coming. Yeah. This scripture is very prominent. We have to use this scripture well. Mm-hmm. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Another scripture is receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. Mm-hmm. Another scripture is as you have purified your soul by the obedience of the truth unto unfailing love of the brethren. You see, those are scriptures. These are scriptures that the soul needs to be saved. Mm. That ye love one another with a pure heart fervently. Thank you very much, sir. That's it. Thank you, Jesus. So you see, sanctification of the soul has a lot to do with obedience. Yeah. It must be obeying. And obeying is leading. Obeying. Let's, let's, let's analyze that. Obeying is aligning with the teaching of Jesus. Yes. It's not just, Betty, go and give that woman money. It's part of it. But that's not just what it is. Go and give that woman money. They give the man money. Kai, I obeyed. There's a joy. Wow, I just obeyed God. You gave the person money. Wow. No, no, no. But aligning with the teachings of Jesus is Jesus Christ adjusting our heart to live a pattern of life. Oh. And as we are agreeing with that life, we are obeying God. Yes. And that life will never agree with flesh. Mm, that's true. Mm-hmm. Never agree with flesh. So you see, all those things that Jesus Christ did was he was painting something before our eyes. They slapped him, he did not slap his own back. They were insulting him, he walked away. They were asking questions in a, in a very derogatory way. Sometimes he will answer, sometimes he will not answer. And when he's even answering, God said, he's also, he's, his answer is also a teaching. Yes. He's not answering to throw shade. You know, sometimes we, eh, when they ask us questions, you know that this person is just trying to be mean. You two, uh, hey, you are trying to be mean. I mean. You now conjure one shade. Some of us cannot help ourselves. As they throw the shade at you, you want to cook up out that shade. You are quick to it. You cook up out that shade inside you and you throw the shade. Praise God. Hallelujah. Somebody offended in the office, but maybe somebody sent one funny email. Ah, you already know the reply for that email. The reply that we put the person in his place or her place. And you're already constructing the email. 
And as you are consulting him, there's alarm, alarm in your spirit, man. Then you stop, 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 stop. But some of us will not stop. You still continue, you still finish that email and send it. Then after you now send, you now start feeling bad. But you could have stopped when the alarm was inside you saying, Don't send that email. You know, there's a way you can send email. And what you are saying, you are just telling the person, don't ask me, don't ask me this foolish question in a very polite way. Hey. Yeah, so you can send the email. By the time you finish saying what you have told the person is, you said it politely, but what you are saying to that person is you're asking me a foolish question. Or there's a way you can send an email. And what is in that email? Even though you write, wrote it in a very official way, but what you are writing in that email is, are you blind? Can't you see the email I sent to you last week? That's the meaning of the email. Somebody sent an email last question. You say, I don't know if you have really paid attention to the emails I've been sending, but if you look at the email I sent last week, you will see that I said this and said this. Thank you very much for your understanding. You have already told the person that you're blind. What's wrong with you? Pay attention. Do your job well. But you know, when you were sending that email, Holy Ghost was sending alarm in your heart. Alarm. There's an alarm in your heart that is saying that don't send that thing. Don't send that thing. But you still send it. Why? Why? Praise God. And you now give yourself excuse. I don't take nonsense. If you don't yeah. send money, you don't do all these things, they will take it for granted. But they took Jesus Christ for granted. I'm not saying that you should just let anybody walk on you. If you need to defend yourself at work, just, you know, it's okay. But don't defend yourself because of your pride. Don't do it because of your pride. Don't do it because of your... Or if you want to keep one... One... Um, reputation in that sense do it because of God do it because you want to keep your job and you love your job and the Lord wants you to keep that job and you just want to you just want to make them some things clear so that you not be misunderstood finish you know there's a way you can send an email you know you are just explaining yourself so that you not be misunderstood and there's a way you can send the email you're just telling them that you guys you guys you want to come for me I stand Gidiba throw any shot at me, I have answer for you. Praise Jesus. Lord will help us in Jesus' name. So, the soul has been configured in a way because the soul has been led. Thank you, Jesus. The soul is the first major part of the believer that needs to be sanctified. This sanctification will be achieved by both the leading of the Spirit in correcting the ways of the soul and the Word of God being taught the soul in correcting the thoughts of the soul. So, you see, Sanctification is teaching. So if you check um, Ephesians chapter 4, yes. yeah, the engrafted of the word of God, which is able to save your soul. Can we quickly go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse, let's go to verse 19, no, verse 20. Ephesians 4, verse 20. Aha! Let's go to 19. Let's go to 19 first, 19. Ephesians 4, 19. Being mm. past feeling, have given themselves on, over unto lasciviousness. Mm. Walk all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. Mm -hmm. If so be that ye have heard him and mm. have been taught by him, mm. as the truth is in Jesus, that he put off concerning the former conversation, the old man... Uh, okay. 
So because of their ungodly ways, they gave themselves to lasciviousness and uncleanness. But you have not so learned Christ. If you have been taught by him, and as the truth is in Jesus, you see, if you have been taught by him, so leading is false teaching. They will teach you how to put off the old man. He will teach us how to put off the old man. That's teaching. That's leading. That's actually what leading really, really is. We have to see leading from that perspective first before we start seeing leading from spectacular instructions. Praise Jesus. Then, the, then let's now go to the body. The body, the degree of sanctification that a soul comes into will be at, at, to a greater extent determine the degree of sanctification that the body will walk in. In all, we are both admonished and commanded to put our bodies under and mortify the activities of death in the body. Praise God. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some times that you face some temptation, you have to confess that I am dead to sin. Even though that sin is still talking to you, you have to remind yourself what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Even though the soul is still given to the nature of sin, sometimes you confess it. Remind yourself what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Jesus Christ has paid on the cross. By the virtue of the what Jesus Christ paid on the cross, I'm not supposed to give myself to fornication, to sexual lust. I am dead to sin. You start reminding yourself. Sometimes the craving is there. The craving is there. Remind yourself. Even the wisdom, the wisdom might not be there. The wisdom for to rise above that sin might not be there. But can you be reminding yourself, I am dead to this thing. Jesus Christ has paid the price. I am no longer in the kingdom of darkness. I will not live according to the dead. Sometimes you have to confess and confess. Confess it. One thing confession will do is that even though you don't have the wisdom to walk out of that thing, at least you will not give yourself to it. That's one of the advantages of confession. Sometimes you start, you, you quote the scripture and remind yourself. You face the mirror and start talking to yourself. That's the beginning. Do you know what I'm saying? You quote the scripture and you start talking to yourself. I will not give myself to the law, to this lust. I am I, I am a child of God. My body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. You start telling yourself, even though the, you don't know how to come out of it, but you are telling yourself, I will not do it. You are reminding yourself that you have you have, you have capacity not to do it, even though the wisdom has not come. See, once you stay like that and you don't do it, the time will come, wisdom will just come. How to walk out of it and they'll start teaching you because now they see decision in you. And one thing about grace is that grace comes when there's a decision to make. When they see that decision, they'll just bring grace. Um, Understanding will just start coming. Before you know you start rising above that thing in your thoughts. Before you know it, you don't even think about it again. It's because grace has come. But if you don't make yourself not to give yourself to that thing, the thing will continue weakening us. Once we keep giving ourselves to it, we will continue to be weakened. And the more we give ourselves to it, the more we are weakened. The more we give ourselves to it, the more we are weakened. God will help us in Jesus' name. I use this sin of fornication because it's a sin against the body. It's one of the great, it's one of the hardest to overcome because it's a sin against the body. You are doing in the body. The body too feels it. It configures the body. And because you are not doing it, or you are a male virgin or a female virgin, it doesn't mean you are not susceptible to it. Don't be too confident. Praise Jesus. Aha. Some things to be sanctified from according to the scripture. The present evil world system and spirit that enforces this system. Praise God. 
This world comprises three things, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. We are one to abstain from this poisonous venom of this world. One thing about this world is that this world is very subtle. You will see in the scripture, can you go to verse 15 of this scripture? No, no, let's go to verse 13 first. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known that him from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, for you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. Verse 14, quickly. Thank you. I I have written unto you, fathers, because ye have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because ye are strong, and the word of God abided in you, and ye have overcome the wicked one. Then verse 15. Love, you see, all those people, he was telling them, I write unto you, fathers, young men, children, he was now telling them, love not the world. Both father, both children, both young men, these are high men in the spirit. He was now telling them, don't love the world. In other words, that pedigree, you can still admire the world. That's the reason, the, the reason why, this reason for the incorruptible seed. This reason why is not, what God wants to do is more than sanctification. He wants to make us incorruptible. That will be sanctified, though, but we will also be far from picking up that sin again. We can be so raised that, you know, you can you can overcome a sin, but still somewhere you are still you are still admiring it. You can come to a point where you, you overcome it, but you have formed a threat for it. We are far from we are far from it. That's the essence of the incorruptible seed. When Reverend is teaching about the life everlasting. This is the essence of it that a man can be can be disengaged from this world and pick up the world again. So God will not just stop there because you are disengaged from this world. Just believe. You will keep churning out wisdom so that you can we can be far from it. You will make us so incorruptible that we will not we, our eyes will not see corruption again. Praise God. That's the spirit of preservation. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. So it wants to take out this venom or and it's, the world is poisonous, very subtle. You don't even know when you are giving yourself to the world. You don't know. You don't even know when you are picking up. Don't, we don't know when you have picked up the thoughts of this world. Sometimes you finish picking it up. Holy Ghost will just come and talk, us, talk to us. When when did, this is not me. We've, we've already picked it up. We've considered it. Holy Ghost will now come and breathe on us. This is not me. So it's very subtle. Very subtle. Some of our thoughts are not thoughts of God. So there are some ways that we undo situations that is not God that informed it. It's the spirit of this world. It's a system. It's a wisdom. One thing about the wisdom of this world is that it feeds pride. It feeds high-mindedness. The world can make a man high. It's an elevation. You see, he took Jesus Christ to the pinnacle of the temple. That pinnacle of the temple is not that he just took Jesus Christ physically there. He painted a height to Jesus. He painted an elevation to Jesus. He elevated Jesus in the mind, in his mind. There was an elevation he painted to Jesus that Jesus Christ had to fight. That spirit of this world. Is the God of this world was what appeared to Jesus. So you see that our journey in the spirit is consistent warfare. A man should enjoy scars in his spirit. He said, 
no man, let no man touch me, for I carry the mark of Christ. The proof of our sanctification is the marks we have, that we have fought beasts and we have overcome them. Beasts that want to lure us back into flesh. We have war with it. Those are our marks in the spirit. Praise Jesus. Spirit of Antichrist is also another one. Spirit of Antichrist, the Bible was talking about Spirit of Antichrist that anyone that says Jesus Christ has not come in the flesh is the Spirit of Antichrist. Praise God. So you see, Spirit of Antichrist is that spirit that what's interesting about Spirit of Antichrist, denying that Jesus Christ come in the flesh is that it will convince you that Christ cannot be formed in you. That's the Spirit of Antichrist. Is that spirit that lim- that fights the formation of Christ in the soul? Because what he wants to convince us is that he wants to convince us that Christ has not come in the flesh. And if he convinces us that Christ did not come in the flesh, in other words, Christ cannot be established in our own flesh too. Mm. Yeah. If we are convinced that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh, then there's no capacity that will make Christ to be formed in our own flesh. So that the spirit of Antichrist. So we are watchful and abstaining is a spirit. It can teach a man to walk out of the path of righteousness. It can give him a legitimate reason to walk out of the path of antichrist or the path of righteousness. And he said, even that spirit now has come. Praise Jesus. So spirit of antichrist is a spirit that teaches a man to disengage from those those um those those um godly teachings that causes Christ to be formed in the flesh. So anytime Christ is being revealed and we are we are we are arguing with what Christ is presenting, that's the spirit of Antichrist. Mm. Anytime we are arguing against the revelation of Christ, anytime we have argument, it's the spirit of Antichrist that is arguing. Because he don't want Christ to be formed inside man. So Antichrist is not just that man. There's a man called Man of Sin, who is Antichrist, who will be raised to fight men on earth, to fight godliness on earth. But he said now the spirit of Antichrist is in the world. He's already in the world. What he's doing is that he's a spirit teaching a man to argue with the revelation of Christ. And that spirit is very high. You will see it in the political world. You will see it in the, in the, um, in the um, uh, what's it called, in the corporate world. Is there. He's manifesting himself very well in the corporate world. He's manifesting himself. In fact, in somewhere in the church, he's already he's manifesting somewhere in the church where we downplay many teachings. If we're in the church, if there's a church that downplays many teachings of Christ and downplays it, that spirit of Antichrist talking. Praise and he said, um, we are commanded to be watchful and abstain from the flow and walking of the spirit of Antichrist in the spirit of error. It is perverted. It is the spirit that actually is the one that actually teaches heresy. Mm. Yeah, that's the spirit that actually teaches heresy. You see, this teaching of once saved, forever saved, the spirit of Antichrist is very involved in it. I won't lie to you. That's why that thing is like a circle. Mm. A time will come, the church will church will walk with it, walk with it, walk with it, it will go for a while. Before you know it, it will show up again. Uh, is a spirit. It's like a circle. It just keeps coming back. He's just looking for a new generation he can convince. 
It's like a circle. It's, it's always there. It has, we fought that war for a while now. It has, it's like it has died down for a, for a while. It's still going to come back. Me, I know it's going to come back. And you should be ready to fight that war again. So you see, Spirit of Antichrist fights. This thing, it fights formation of Christ in the soul. Praise God. Verse, the another one, sin works, um, sins, works of the flesh and fornication. This one I've touched a lot, so I won't stay here again. We are commanded and admonished to abstain from sin, works of the flesh, which were against the prosperity of our souls. Like I said, fornication is sin against the body. Sometimes fornication, sometimes something, something like pornography, it's just so difficult for a man to rise out of it. He will, for a while, he will not do it. Before he knows it, he will fall back again. It's, it's a weakness. It's a weakness somewhere. He just cannot rise above it. Usually single, single people. Before, I thought it was only brothers that used to fall into that thing. Now, I've seen many sisters falling into that thing. Thing is just, is ravaging the world. Mm. If you have that problem, please talk to your pastor. Please, it is, it's a strong spirit. Very strong. Thank you, Jesus. The sanctifier is the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Praise God. The tools of sanctification, the word of God, revelation of Christ. Praise God. We've talked about these things, so I'll just go to them. We've talked about many of these things. Praise God. The word of God is at a level, at the level is water. Praise God. Water is worship. Revelation chapter 5, verse 26. Let's quickly go there. Please just let me. I won't, I'm not rushed. I'm finishing today. There's not much to do again. There's not much. I only have one page, but I want to calm down. Do you get what I'm saying? Let me just calm down. Praise Jesus. There's not much to do again. Ah, Ephesians 5, verse 26. That, Betty. Yes, sir. Aha. Let's start from 25, please. Okay. 525. Yeah. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Hmm? that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, mm. that he might present it to himself a glorious church, mm. not having spots or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Thank you, Jesus. So there's a level that is water, is the washing. Is the washing. Is a presentation of a perspective. It's a change of thought pattern, but blood has a lot to do with um, the life of that, the life being, being, um, being the, engaging the life. Mm. Blood is engaging the life for you to find full expression. Do you get what I'm saying? The blood really is the real work where it goes into the. You see, when you say the blood, 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 blood of God is strong and active, sharper than two edged sword, eh? dividing as some that the soul and the spirit, bones and marrows. He's talking about the details, details of the world. This that's, that's the work of blood. When the Bible was talking in the Hebrews chapter four, chapter two, when we were talking about you have not fought against sin, you have not, you are, you are, uh, you have not um, fought against sin until this again. Um, yes, you have not yet resisted unto, unto blood, the striving against sin. When you disengage from the genetic, you know, when, when we are talking about blood, blood is like, it's touching the genetic formation of that sin. 
the written code. Do you know what I'm saying? Is running down into the written code and we recording recording the genetics. It goes deep. That's blood. Blood is that blood is um uh when people of hospital was saying that um uh onto salvation of the spirit and uh, and the sprinkling of the blood onto um let was ask you and the sprinkling of the blood uh is um first Peter chapter one um my Bible is not yes my phone has a level clip okay chapter one according to the following true sanctification of the spirit yeah, yes onto obedience and sprinkling of the blood you see true sanctification of the spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ grace unto you and peace be multiplied praise God so you see when you're talking about blood blood has to do with detailed obedience praise God there's, he enters into, enter, enter into the genetic formation of that sin. The real source of where that sin is being turned out, blood gets there. Hmm. Yes. By so the time they are saving a man, they will touch the, the every code, every written code in that man will be touched. So they can, they can, they start with water. Water. Where is the washing? Washing is a change of perspective, a change of mindset, a change, a, a, a perspective is being painted. But blood is deeper. And first John chapter 1, verse 7 that we read the other time actually talked about it. That we walk in light. Blood has to do with walk. Walking against, being led against, going against a contradiction. That's that's that, that's blood. Praise Jesus. Hope we are blessed this evening. Yes, sir. That's blood. And the man must be ready to um, to engage blood. Because sin is bad blood. Mm. Bad blood. So is that's why this is not a blood bath. It is a blood transfusion. You see? Avail us. He is a very cure. You see? That we should be safe from our sinful nature. Yeah, that's it. Sometimes when they are singing it, when you're in the spirit, you remember all these songs. But by yourself, sometimes you forget it. I don't know why. Hmm. You see, so it's a blood transfusion. It's, a, it's blood for blood. They pour the blood to put another blood inside. That's why this is the New Testament in my blood. When the New Testament is being revealed, blood is at work. When a man is engaging the New Testament, blood is at work. And in, when the New Testament is being revealed to us, the blood of Jesus Christ, the activity of the blood, that's the, the blood of Jesus Christ gets excited. I'm about to walk. This is what I was made for. That's why I speak better things than the blood of Abel. So the blood speaks, right? And if the blood speaks, then the blood can lead. Sir. Blood can teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You see, when blood has to do with ways, do you get what I'm saying? Aha. When way is being revealed and they are they are subjecting us to a way, cornering our life for a way, that's blood. Blood is our work. Thank you, Jesus. That's blood. Difference between sanctification and preservation. 
We've talked about sanctification a lot, but let's talk about preservation. Praise mm. Jesus. Ah, praise God. Hallelujah. To sanctify is to make something holy that wasn't holy, that wasn't holy according to God's standard. Our spirit was holy, right? It's holy the day we got born again. Mm -hmm. But the spirit needs to be preserved. Do you know that that spirit can still die? Yes, sir. Yeah. So the spirit needs to be preserved. Mm -hmm. Now, even when the soul is saved, the soul too needs to be preserved. Do you know what I'm saying? When the body is saved, the body still needs to be preserved. So there's a tool for sanctification. There's another one for preservation. You see, when Reverend is beginning to teach this life everlasting, incorruptible life, that's the life of preservation. Yes. Mm, that's what preserves. That's a preservation. Even that spirit man, if a man gives himself too much to sin, deliberately, mm. he will die. In the book, to preserve is to keep from harm or blame. As strange as it may sound, the spirit of a believer can be harmed. If this were not so, Paul would not have prayed that the spirit, together with the soul and body, be preserved. Yes, that's mm. the first one. Yeah. Yeah, spirit, yeah, the spirit too should be preserved. Mm. Note that Paul did not say the spirit should be sanctified. He only went further to pray for the spirit, soul and body to be preserved blameless. Therefore, it is safe to conclude that the spirit of a Christian can be blamed. The Lord Jesus, knowing this, gave us Holy Ghost to seal our spirit, preserve it after the new birth. Praise God. So there's a seal on the spirit man because it needs to be preserved. But you can grieve that spirit. Ephesians yeah. chapter 1, verse 14, where it said, You are given the seal of the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost can be grieved. And that brings us to this end to the end of the teaching now, which is committing unpardonable sin. How many of us have heard of unpardonable sin before? Praise God. Have you heard of unpardonable sin before? You've heard it before, right? Yes, sir. When we're talking about unpardonable sin, let's go into scripture. Let's go to Second Peter chapter 2. From verse 19. Let's read from verse 19. Second Peter chapter 2, mm -hmm. verse 19. All mm -hmm. they promised them from liberty, okay. they themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same is he brought into bondage. Stop. For, if, for if after they have escaped the pollution, the pollutions of the world, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, <clears throat> they are again entangled therein and overcome. Better mm -hmm. end is worse with them than the beginning. Mm -hmm. For if it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, right, than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them, but it has happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again. And the soul that was, that was washed her wallowing is the mare. Now, you notice that what they are talking about is those that have learned the way of righteousness. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. Sir. Those that have learned the way of what? Word of righteousness. Praise Jesus. And people that commit unpardonable sin is not maybe a baby Christian. So anybody that will die spiritually is not a baby Christian. Is have known the way of righteousness, then after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Let's go to Hebrews 10. Hebrews chapter 10. I think verse 18. Is it verse 18? Let's go to 16. Hebrews 10, 16. Hmm. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now where remission of this is, there is no more offering for sin. Hmm. Having yeah. therefore, having therefore brethren, but having therefore brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, which he had consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Amen. Amen. Let's stop there. And now we'll now go to a scripture. Now, as I read this one now, hold on, please. Um, let's go to verse 26 now. Verse 26. Hmm. For if we sin willfully, after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth. Now, look at it. From that verse 20, he said, having this, uh, let's go to verse 20 first before we jump here. Sorry, I'm, I just want to be very detailed. Verse 19, sorry. Having no, therefore. No, 18, 18. Sorry, 18. Now, where revision of this is, there's no more offering for sin. Do you get what I'm saying? That means... If you have come through this, right laws have been written upon your heart, upon your mind, and everything. There's no more remission for sin, right? Now, those kind of person, that kind of person. Now, let's go to verse twenty-six. Mm, let's do the twenty-five. Let's read from verse twenty-five. Verse twenty-five, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. For if we sin willfully after that, we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. Uh, continue. But a certain fearful looking, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries. He that despised Moses' Moses's law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sorrow punishment suppose ye? Shall ye be thought worthy who has trodden underfoot of the who has who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified? an unholy thing, and hath done despite unto the Spirit of grace. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, saith the Lord, and again 
the Lord shall judge his people. Praise it's God. Let's, let's stay it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Thank you. Let's stay there. Praise God. So you see, this kind of person, he said, if he has learned the way of the knowledge of truth, and mm -hmm. now we go against it. He said, what is the, is fear, the same fear and indignation that will fall against the enemy is what will fall on him. Now, many of us are not there yet. We, if you commit sin, that was not unpardonable sin because, fact, the fact that you committed the sin and you are crying, say, ask you, cry, oh my God, I've committed unpardonable sin. The fact that you cry that you have committed it means that you have never committed it. That's true. And any man that commits that sin is going against God. Something in him is fighting God. Because he is willfully doing it. It's not that he does not have grace against it. He knows he has strength not to commit the sin, but willfully decide to engage in that sin. That's why every man should be careful. Be very careful. Sin is dangerous. Now, that thing can start from the point of, you know, uh, downplaying some things, not paying attention to some things, a time can come. From the place of downplaying it, not really paying attention to something, you be, that kind of person can become very mean and begin to disengage from God. So we have to be very, very careful. Reverend can take give the example in Transitorian Church of one woman that has grown to a certain extent, the wife of a pastor. It's not that she lacked knowledge. She might not have all the knowledge, but she cannot say that she does not know. Then she went into adultery. She went and communicated and committed adultery and committed adultery. A time came, Holy Ghost came to reach her. She said in her heart, Holy Ghost, leave me alone. She disengaged from Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus. The second was trying to pray for her. Only Jesus Christ said, Stand up, don't pray for her. Then the asked Jesus, Why can't you save this woman? Jesus Christ said, I cannot. It's not that I will not. It's not that Jesus Christ will not. Jesus Christ wants to save. But he said he cannot. Why? Even that woman does not want the salvation. It is easy. Because she went into that sin willfully. She will have to come to Jesus Christ willingly to receive it, to, to, to come back to him willfully. But at that point, that woman does not even want it. And Jesus Christ will not force it. So you will see that when it comes to salvation, it's not God that takes away his salvation. It's men that walk away from it. God does not take away salvation. It's men that walk away from salvation. God does not leave a man. It's men that leave God. So we have to be very careful. Even when we're talking about Revelation, they're saying even the elect shall be deceived. Check that kind of wisdom. That would deceive an elect. You know who an elect is? Elect of God, according to the foreknowledge of God. Do you get what I'm saying? Those elect of God are men that have chosen sanctification. They have committed to sanctification. They are elect. They said those men can still be deceived. They can still be deceived. 
According to the teaching of our Lord Jesus and his apostle, the only thing that can expose the spirit of believer to harm is when the believer commits the unpardonable or knowledge sin, which is the sin against the Holy Ghost, because the Holy Spirit will seal the spirit of the Christian with the knowledge of God and of the of Christ. To commit this sin, a believer must have grown and known the knowledge of God. When a man knows knowledge and decides to go against that knowledge and disengage from it, that man will end up in hell. And yeah, I said that we are not there yet, but we still need to be careful. When you know something and you have grace to overcome something, to, to walk away from something, and we still start giving ourselves to it, we are this is this thing is a dangerous thing to be doing. Some people will commit this thing and say, hey, God will forgive me now. Something is happening. That man is going bad. That person is going bad. You can't just do it and say, eh, you know, God is a forgiving God. He's a God of many chances. Be careful. This is a sin against knowledge. Damage is being done. There's nothing like once saved, forever saved. Mm. If we want to talk about once saved, forever saved, live the life of the throne. Once you can live that life of the throne, when you are seated on that throne, and every life of the throne is embodied inside your hair. That's one saved forever saved in our own context. That's the point where Satan cannot touch you again. But if you are not, if we are not there, there's nothing like one saved forever saved. There's nothing like it. Any man can be deceived. Satan can lie to a man. If at the pedigree that Jesus Christ was tempted, Jesus Christ still considered whatever Satan was saying. How much more us? There are sins inside us. We need to be careful. When a man commits this sin, he does not only grieve the Holy Spirit, he also sin against the Holy Ghost, who is in turn leaves such a saint. Also, the seal of the Holy Ghost or the Spirit, such a saint, is removed, thereby exposing such a saint to such saint spirit to harm and blame. The latter end of sin of that saint is worse than the beginning. We read Second Peter chapter two. We read it from eighteen to twenty-two. He said the end of that man is worse than the beginning. Two examples of such sins recorded in Reverend Higgins' books, The Triumphant Church. It is good to quickly add that the sin can only be committed by those who have received all the knowledge of God and Christ. We have not yet gotten there, and by his grace, we will not commit this sin. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. The Christian who eventually commit this sin goes to hell. When he dies, Instead of heaven, which is the place the, which every saint goes to, he goes to hell. Let's be careful. As on this our journey of sanctification, let's be careful that we are not, we are not, we are not holding anything back. Let's be led. Let God teach us. Let's handle sanctification like this. Sanctification is our real life. When you say you are living the life of Christ, it's a life of sanctification first. God will help all of us in Jesus' name. That a time will come, we'll be so wise. We'll be higher, we'll be wiser than sin. We'll be so wise, we'll be wiser than the thoughts that Satan will present to us. We'll be so wise, we'll be wiser than anything that Satan wants to offer us. God will give us grace. Amen. Us capacity to live this life that has been taught. God will help us to engage the word to a point where we'll be so wise, 
so wise. We gain speed faster than the spirits. Amen. That by the time we are walking, thoughts, evil spirit can will come and talk to us, but we are already higher than the thoughts. Amen. That you see the thoughts, you will know ah, this one, I've passed this one now. Satan, why are you bringing this down? We can get to that point where some thoughts do not move us again. Just higher than them. That's when they say that a man has escaped. That's the true escape. There's a way of escape for every sin, my people. There's a way of escape. There's a way of escape. And that way is supposed to be taught. Anytime we are being taught, we are being led. Anytime we yield to the teachings, we are being led. Anytime God comes and begins to reveal his mind to us, he's teaching us the way we should go. And God will help us that when the ways are being revealed to us, we will yield in Jesus' name. Let's just begin to thank God this evening. Let's begin to thank God. Next week will be our question and answer. Pastor Jeff will be answering that. Please ask your questions. Come and ask your questions. Um, this sanctification is um, a very is, uh, necessary teaching. That's the foundation of our Christian teaching. So sanctification, sanctification is 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 what Christ is all about. So we are going to be, we are going to next week. Please let's ask our questions. Let's be vulnerable. Ask questions. Nobody will judge you. Ask your question. There's no stupid question. Please ask all your questions. Do you understand? Praise Jesus. Thank you. Yeah. All glory be to you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your holy name. Oh, all adoration be to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we are praying. Amen.